You can sit down now. I want to make, I want to make sure you felt like you was in church. <laughs> Praise the name of the Lord. Amen. Uh, well, Haggai chapter 2, verse 9, Zechariah chapter 4, verse 6, 7, and 10. Reading from the New Living Translation. The future glory of this temple will be greater than its past glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And in this place, in this place right here, PT South, I will bring peace, and I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. Zechariah, chapter 4, verse 6, 7, and 10, then he said to me, this is what the Lord says to Zerubbabel. It is not by might or force, nor by power that is strength, but by my spirit, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Nothing, not even a mountain, will stand in Zerubbabel's way. Could you turn to the person next to you and say, no mountain's going to stand in your way? Amen. No, no, there's no problem that's going to stand in your way that God cannot resolve. Do not despise these days of small beginnings, for the Lord rejoices to see the work begin. Do not despise this one little service on July 4th. The Lord rejoices that we're here. Come on, I said the Lord rejoices that we're here. And even if you couldn't make it here, the Lord still rejoices that you're here with us. Father, I pray right now that my speech and my preaching will not be with the enticing words of man's wisdom, but demonstration of spirit and power that our faith will not rest in the wisdom of Brian Green, but in the power of God. I pray that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, will give unto us the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Let the eyes of our understanding of our heart be enlightened, that we would know it is the hope of your calling. What are the riches of the glory of your inheritance that is in each and every one of us who are your saints? And help us to know the exceeding greatness of your power towards us who believe. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise the name of the Lord. I want to speak to you on the subject, uh, Reopening God's House, uh, part three. And I'm going to pick up where we left off. During this season, uh, Haggai and Zechariah are prophesying to the people of Judah who have returned from Babylonian captivity. They have been away from their land and certainly the house of God <clears throat> for years. And 606 B.C., Judah, whose name means praise the Lord, is invaded by Babylon. Babylon means confusion. The word Babylon means confusion. Paul says in, in 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 33, <clears throat> that God is not the author of confusion, but he's the author of peace, the, the, the opposite of 
peace is not so much war, but confusion. And we find that we have been in a season of confusion over the past 16 months. Uh, do you wear masks? Do you not wear masks? Do you get vaccinated? Do you not va get vaccinated? Do you remain three, you know, six feet apart, or now can we come together? Do we shake hands or do we elbow bump? There's, there's a lot of confusion, a lot of uh, unsurety about how we navigate even church. You know, and I, I, to be honest with you, I'm amazed at how many people are here this morning. Praise the Lord. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. And yet there are some that cannot be here and, and some that are, are still uh, uh, anxious about being in church. And, and there's no shame in that. Amen. No shame. We're just grateful that you're joining us even uh, virtually. But we're in a season where we're coming out of Babylon and by the grace of God, we are returning to Jerusalem. Now, as the Babylonians came into Judah in the first uh, invasion in 606 BC and part of that group that they took was Daniel and of course Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego. They, and then what happened was that prophets were saying, false prophets were saying to the people of Judah who were captives that, hey, you're only going to be in Babylon for a little while, and then the Lord, through his delivering power, is going to bring us out. But Jeremiah rose up prophetically, and he said these words found in Jeremiah 29, verse 10. He says, this is what the Lord says, you will be in Babylon, not for a few years, you're going to be in Babylon for 70 years. But then I will come and do all the good things I have promised, and I will bring you home again for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for your good and not disaster. Tell somebody God has good plans for you. He really does. He really does. And you know what? You may say, well, you know, when Bishop says tell somebody something, he's just trying to keep you awake. No, I actually want you to prophesy to speak encouragement to somebody. So tell that person again, God has good plans for you. Amen, amen. I don't care how the, this pandemic has affected you. Many of you know I lost my dad uh, last May uh, during the pandemic, and some of you have lost jobs, some of you lost, there's been a lot of loss. But in the midst of the loss, this COVID-19 pandemic did not catch God by surprise. He has good plans for you. And he says, I'll, I'll do the things I promise and I will bring you home again for I know the plans I have for you. They're good plans, uh, plans for good and not disaster, give you a future and a hope. In those days when you pray, I will listen and if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. So he says you're going to be here for 70 years, and people were not happy about that. And threw, in fact, they threw, <coughs> threw uh, Jeremiah in a well, hoping that he'd get killed. And 
20 years later, 586 BC, Babylon comes in for their third and final invasion, and not only do they invade Judah and Jerusalem, but they burn down Jerusalem and they burn down the temple. So now there's nothing to return to. Lord have mercy. <laughs> and some of you, you, you feel that God has burned your bridges. I don't mean bridges and pants, I mean bridges. And, 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 and he, God has made it so you can't go back. And I know you, some of you may be angry at God. God, how can you allow this to happen to me? How, God, what are you doing? But God, I believe God is saying, I burned your bridges so that now you will have to trust in me. Ah, 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 ah. He's burned your plan A. Mm -hmm. He's burned your plan B. See, some of you really shocked. You had plans all the way to Z, and he burned that too. Can I get a witness out here? I know we used to sing that song. I won't go back. I can't go back the way, the way it used to be. And we used to sing that. We used to sing that real good prior to the pandemic. Now it's no longer a song. Now you really can't go back. Whew, this boy is preaching up in here. Ah, I miss your voice. Thank you. <laughs> ah, I feel like I'm back now. Amen. During those pandemic, they used to be like, say amen. And all you could hear was cricket, but that's all right. Now there's actually real people in here. Ah. Man. So, about 68 years go by, and Daniel, who was one of the first captives in 606, he begins to look at the word of the Lord, and he remembers the prophetic word given by Jeremiah, who is now dead, now passed away. And Daniel says, oh my goodness, the 70 years that Jeremiah said we will be in Babylon in confusion, it's about up. And so Daniel in chapter 9, Daniel, Daniel's name in Hebrew means God is my judge. In other words, God is my decision maker. God, <laughs> God has the final say over my life. Not the pandemic not your lost opportunities, not what school you didn't get into. God has the final say. And I, we have to trust in his word in Psalm, I think it's Psalm 84, verse 12 or 11, where he says, no good thing will he withhold from them who walk uprightly. So I got news for you. I got news for you. I know you wanted to get into your number one school and you didn't get in. I want to let you know that to get in that school was not a good thing. But you have no idea. No, it wasn't a good thing. It's quiet in here, but that's all right. I had 16 months of quietness. It don't bother me now. <laughs> Daniel starts praying about the prophetic word. 
although Paul is, comes into ministry almost 600 years later, Paul says to Timothy, Slanderer, and the devil will lie to you about you about God. He'll lie to you about yourself. He'll lie to you about the Word of God. And so my point is, is that though God said it, you still got to press it in and believe it. Are you with me so far? And the greatest prophecy, some of you are like, well, no one's ever prophesied over my life. I want to let you know that you, in your hand, is over 7,000 prophecies. You can say, all I have is my cell phone. Then you need to go to the app of a Bible, because the Bible has almost 8,000 8, prophecies. 8,000 promises to you, and one of the promises that I stand on is you will keep me in perfect peace if I keep my mind on you because I trust in you. Isaiah chapter 26 verse 3, another scripture that you ought to love is be anxious for nothing. Put everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. Make your request known unto God in the peace of God which passes all understanding, will guard your heart, guard your emotions, guard your mind through Christ Jesus, Philippians chapter 4, verses 6 to 7. What I'm saying is that though God promised, Daniel pressed in and said, God, and he started with repentance. Some of the time, sometimes we have to repent for how we got ourselves in situations in the first place. Oh, it's quiet in here. And then as he prays, God raises up a man, a king by the name of Cyrus, who God prophesied 150 years before this event. Cyrus comes in with Persia, and they destroy Babylon. And, and, and immediately, just like that, God turned things around, and, and Cyrus says to the people of Israel, you can return back to Jerusalem, and, and because I saw my name prophesied by one of your prophets, Isaiah, 150 years prior to this moment, your God said that not only would I be one of the world rulers, but I, my responsibility is to make sure that you get back to Jerusalem and build God's house. So I am going to pay for the house of God to be built. Let me tell you something. God already has a Cyrus in place to make sure you get to where you need to go. So that nobody will get the credit but God. 
and when you, oh, Lord have mercy, and when you get that new job or that new home or whatever that new blessing is, you need to understand it is a kingdom assignment. You're not there to be just, you know, uh, dancing in the land of milk and honey, but you're there to share Jesus Christ. You're there to be, you're there to be a, a, a space where people can have access to God, and you are God's ambassador. You are God's conduit. You think he got you that job just for you to make money? It's about the kingdom assignment because somebody there needs Jesus, and the only preacher they're going to hear is you. So while you're skipping and hopping and doing cartwheels about the school you got into, ask the Lord now, now that you got me into the school, what is the kingdom assignment? Who am I supposed to reach for Christ? You didn't get me into the school just for education. You got me into the school because somebody needs Jesus. And once you understand that everywhere I go is a kingdom assignment, God can trust you with more open doors. Because you won't be like Esther, caught up in the kingdom. Ooh, this is nice. Ooh, this is great. And her uncle Mordecai said, wait, whoa, 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 wait a minute. There's, a, there's genocide about to take place. And you up here chilling with your, you know, lemonade and your servants and, I just added that in. And you need to understand that you, God has called you to the kingdom for such a time as this. You were strategically born when you were born. You are not a mistake. I am preaching this word. I don't care if, if you were meant to be aborted. I don't care if someone said, I'm sorry you were born. Let me tell you something. Just like Jesus was sent to planet Earth, you were sent too. And there's an assignment. There's a mission that's attached to your name. Oh, my goodness. And this pandemic didn't ruin it. God has the ability to make something that looks like it bad to work out for your benefit. Amen. Tell somebody this pandemic is working for my good because God has control over the pandemic. You, you, got, you got to say that to yourself. No matter how crazy things are, God is sovereign. He reigns over everything. And nothing gets—oh, this is a good word right here—nothing gets to your life that hasn't come through the hands of God. And that's why the writer said in Psalm 119, verse 72 and 73, he says, it was good for me that I had been afflicted, that I might learn thy statutes. There are some things you will not learn until you have gone through affliction. And God supernaturally turns things around. Let me tell you something. Some of you, God is going to move so quickly, you better... I, you need to sit up front here. You need to sit up front here. Don't worry, this is my wife. When I hit, when, when, when I, when I get, when God downloads a point in my spirit, I, I just have to slap somebody five. So, you, yeah, just slap me five. Yeah. Some of you, God is going to bless so quickly, 
you need to write your praise out now so that when he blesses you, you won't be caught by surprise and say nothing. So when the Lord, all of a sudden, got Israel, Judah, out of Babylon, out of confusion, they wrote a song in Psalm 126. When the Lord brought back his exiles from Jerusalem, it was like a dream. Mm. Ah, it was like a dream. Some of you, you have, you know, you had one room and you were sharing a bathroom with three other roommates and all of a sudden, just like that, you have your own house. You have two and three bathrooms. You got more bathrooms than people. When the Lord turned again, You got rejections from all these universities, and all of a sudden, God opened the door. You're in your own college room, and you walk in campus. You're like, I can't believe this. Oh, you got your dream job. God can turn things around. After, oh, I'm preaching to somebody. After 100 no's, after 100, we don't need you. All of a sudden, that one job that God has for you, he didn't keep it from you. He saved it for you. There are, oh, I, I'm preaching to somebody right now. There are people who God put a no in their heart because they weren't supposed to take what belongs to you. Woo, my goodness. It was like a dream. We were filled with laughter, and we sang for joy, and the other nations were saying, what an amazing things the Lord has done for them. You see, let me tell you something. Come back up here. Give me five. <laughs> the reason why God hasn't blessed you yet is because, I, I, may, I may have to come down to you, is because there are not enough people around you to witness what only God could do. So he keeps drawing a crowd to see your impossible situation so that when he brings you out, people say, that was God. because I'm a witness. I'm a witness. We looked at 26 houses. 26 houses. And I had my plan. God, I have my job. Carmen has a job. We're at the height of our income because I'm about to become pastor of this church and my income's going to drop. And they may not give me a mortgage. So, God, you understand that I need to get this house before I become a full-time pastor. And God said, yeah, I got it. I got it. Rip, 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 rip. And I was mad at God because when I became pastor, I was like, see, look what you did. Look how you messed up. And I remember on Thanksgiving, the realtor called me up and said, we have a house for you. 
And my wife was just, she was just so disgusted at all the house. She said, you just go, I'm just go. And I walked into the house and the Lord said, this is your house. And the price was a little bit too high. And we said, this is all we can offer. And the owner said, we like you. I'm like, how can you like me? You never even, you don't even know who we are. We like you, so we're going to drop the price just for you. Tell somebody, you, bet, you better have your praise written up because God could move a whole lot quicker than what you're prepared for. Oh, yes, oh, yes. Yes, the Lord has done amazing things for us. What a joy. Restore our fortunes, Lord as the streams renew the desert. Those who plant in tears, I know many of you have been weeping and weeping. This, this, look, 600,000 people and more have died from COVID. And I'm quite sure many of you either know somebody who passed away or know somebody who knows somebody. So there's been a lot of tears. But there's a season when those who sow in tears will harvest shouts of joy. And they weep as they plant to go, plant the seeds, but they will sing as they return for the harvest. And so God all of a sudden turns things around in 536 BC, they are now returning to beautiful Zion. They're now returning home. And the sad thing is, is that after they return home, they start building up their houses and, and they're taking care of their house and they forgot that the reason why God let them get out of confusion is to build his house. To build his house. It is interesting when, when, when God says to Moses, I want you to go to, to go to Pharaoh, and this is chapter 3 of Exodus, and he says, tell Pharaoh, let my people go so that they can worship me. The reason why Jesus saves us is so that we will become worshipers. Worshiper. The word worship means, it comes from two uh, words, worth and ship. Ship. Ship means position of, and worth means value. So our worship means to put God in a position of value. He didn't say, uh, uh, tell, he didn't say tell Pharaoh to let my people go because they're having a tough time. Let my people go because life is difficult. No, let them go so that they can worship me. Let me tell you something. Jesus said, if we seek first, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, the kingdom of God and what God desires, all the other stuff will be added unto us. We must, God is looking for worshipers. He's looking for people who can praise him and thank him no matter what the circumstance. Even when you're weeping, even when you're hurting, if you would give him thanks, he said, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. So right where you are, I, I want you to think of situations that have hurt you, situations that you've gone through, and right where you are, I want you to just give God thanks right now. Give him thanks. The word thanks means appreciation. 
I thank you, Lord. I thank you, Lord, that, that, that even when I walked through, as bad as it was, I knew I was never alone. Yay! Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you're with me. Come on, can you thank him right now? Can you thank him? Can you thank him? Thank him. Some of you, you could have lost your job. Thank him. Some of you, you could have lost your house. Thank him. Some of you, you got more food in your refrigerator. Somebody ought to, you got clothes on your back. You ought to thank him. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Yes, it's been tough. Yes, it's been a struggle. But God, you're still good, and I thank you. I thank you. I'm grateful to you. I thank you, Lord, that during the pandemic, the worst time to go to the hospital, my daughter who has sickle cell didn't go to the hospital once. I thank you. I thank you. People got COVID going to the hospital. I thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Some of you had to go to school online, which was crazy, and yet you still graduated. Thank you. Online classes was horrible, but I made it through the school year, year with my right mind. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. God has been good. God has been good. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, I, I just want to pause here. Come on, let's, can we just stand up one more time and just give God? He has been so good. We are in the house of the Lord. It seemed like this thing would never end, and now we're in the house of the Lord, worshiping. Yeah, I wish I didn't have on a mask, but at least I'm in the house. I was glad when they said unto me, get us go into the house of the Lord. I will enter his gates with thanksgiving. I will enter his courts with praise. I'll be grateful to him and bless his name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. You may be seated. Mm. Mm. Let me just close up this point. So they forgot why God brought them to back to Jerusalem. It was supposed to build his, to build his house. And for 16 years, the purpose for which God delivered them lay dormant. And he raises up a guy named Haggai, a prophet named Haggai, and a prophet named Zechariah. And Haggai says, it's time to build the house of the Lord. And I want to share with you this. I said this last week, but for those of you who weren't here or didn't hear, there are three houses that God wants you to start rebuilding. First of all, he wants us to rebuild his house. He said in Isaiah 56, verse 7, and Matthew 21, verse 13, he said, my house shall be called of all nations the house of prayer. He wants his house to be rebuilt. But also, he also wants your house where you live to be rebuilt. 
Joshua said in Joshua 24, verse 15, he says, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. What are some things you're supposed to be doing in your house? And, 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 and it's not all spiritual. There's some things you need to get out of your house. Hmm. I'll just look at the clock. There's, there's some stuff that's been hanging around in your house that needs to go. There's some stuff that needs to go. And then, the third house the Lord wants you to start rebuilding is this house. First Corinthians chapter 16, verse 17, 19, it says, Know ye not that your body is the temple of God. In fact, the worldwide English version, WE version says, Do you not know that your body is the house of God? The house of God, your body. What do you mean? We, some of us, we need to get ourselves in shape. Oh, it's quiet in here. Kind of, you know, you know, some of us put on the pandemic pounds. Mm, I just, just, I'm just looking straight at the clock. And, and some of us, we, you know, we look like we're in shape, but we're not in shape. I saw some of you. Hey, for my sake, children. <laughs> oh, Naga, is it working? Not working. <laughs> we need to get ourselves in shape. This is supposed to be a spiritual message. Yeah. Get off of them Twinkies and Doritos and, and, and comfort food. It's going to be all right, isn't it? Yes, give me another. We need to get ourselves in shape because God is about to do something and he needs us in shape. So he raises up, this is my final point. I want to really encourage you to this. He raises up this man named Zachariah. And he says, I'm going to help you rebuild the house. It's not going to be by might or by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. I want to close with this. This really excited me, and I hope it excites you as it excited me. The name Zachariah, or Zachary, or Zach, it means the Lord, or Jehovah, remembers, or Yahweh remembers. And, and so, of course, when we think of the word remember, we think of bringing back to mind. And yes, the Lord will remember his promises. He, he will bring his promises back to mind. But I, I like this definition of the word remember. The word member means peace, pieces. It means fragments. It means scraps. And what are you saying? I'm saying that God says, I'm going to remember you. What do you mean? Well, we have, I have this, this puzzle. And it has the scripture, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans 
to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you a future, a hope in a future. And if any of you know puzzles, this is how it's supposed to look. But this puzzle, of course, has a thousand pieces. A thousand pieces. And so how in the world are you going to take this, these scraps, these pieces, and turn it into this? Mm. And God says, I have the ability to remember. I have the ability to take the scraps of your life, the fragments of your life, and the pieces of your life, and put it back together so that it looks like the masterpiece of my plan. Are you with me? Now, this is what I like. If you've ever done a puzzle, you know that a puzzle is put together by a hand. Ooh, Jesus. And God has the ability to go into your past with his hand and take a piece of your life and put it where it needs to go. He even has the ability to go into the present situation and take a piece of your life and put it in the exact place. But he's a bad God. Because though it is July 4, 2021, he can go into your future and take a piece of your future and bring it into your present so that all things are working together for good to them who love God and who are called according to your, his purpose. I'm saying, folks, you say, how can God go into my future and set up my present? God can have somebody removed from their job in the future so that when you get to the future and you're going to be interviewed, the person who is going to be adverse to you, God will put there just to say, I don't know why I like you. You don't have the credentials, but I'm just going to, I'm just going to hire you. Why? Because God remembered you. If you've ever experienced God remembering you, could you just lift up your hands and, and bless them? Come on, let's all stand to our feet. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Could you just take 10, 15 seconds just to thank him, just to bless him. Thank you, Lord. You're already working on my behalf. You're already setting things up. You are remembering me. You're bringing people into my life to make sure 
that you could put all the pieces together for the plan you have for my life. You may be here right now and you may think you were here just because somebody invited you. You may think you're here just because, hey, it's just great to be able to get out of the house, but could it be that God put his hand on you and brought you to this place so that you can meet Jesus? As every head is bowed and every eye is closed, you may be here and you've never received Jesus as your Savior. You never asked Jesus to come into your life. Yeah, you, maybe you did your first communion. Maybe you joined a church by shaking the pastor's hand or maybe you are religious, but those things, though they're nice, they do not make you a child of God. To be a child of God you must, you must accept the gift of Jesus' death on the cross on your behalf, which gives you access to the kingdom of God. That's why the Bible says, for God so loved the world, John 3, 16, that he gave his only begotten son, Jesus, that whoever believes in Jesus will not perish, will not go to hell, but have eternal life. Jesus has a plan for your life. God has a plan for your life. And he sent Christ to make sure that you would have the opportunity to become his child to fulfill his plan for your life, his dream for your life, his purpose for your life. His heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you never received Jesus Christ as your savior, and you're saying, no, Pastor Brian, could you just, could you just pray for me? I wanna receive Jesus, I'm not gonna ask you to come up. I'm not gonna ask you to leave your seat right where you are you can receive Jesus Christ, but I would like to know who I'm praying for. And so, heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you're here and you say, no, Bishop Brian, could you pray for me? I want to receive Jesus. Could you lift up your hand right where you are? And I wanna make sure I include you in this prayer. Just slip your hand up. I wanna make sure I don't miss anybody. Never receive Christ. I wanna make sure that I don't miss anybody. Okay. Well, Father, we thank you for your presence and your goodness. We thank you that you know the plans that you, you have for us. And we're grateful to you for all that you've done for us. Lord, keep us focused. Help us not to miss what you're doing in this season. And Lord, long after this service is over, help us to remember that you are reopening our lives. You are reopening our homes. You are reopening our church to a new thing that you're doing. Thank you for your grace. Thank you for everybody who you brought to this house. 
And thank you for those who are watching online and though they could not be here, whether it's through vacation or, or, or any other uh, situation that may cause them not to be here, Lord, bless them just as much as if they were here. We're so grateful for all that you're doing. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Now we're going to, uh, we're, I wanna, I'm going to bless you so, uh, as, um, as we get ready to leave. Uh, we dismiss a little bit differently now. And so we have uh, our, our welcome committee. They have on the black shirts. And they're going to dismiss you row by row. So you'll see them in their black shirts. And what we're going to ask you to do is exit uh, in a safe manner and as your row is called. And we have, uh, we're, we're going we're gonna to test out doing our receptions. As you know, those of you who, who used to come to PT regularly, we used to have the reception in the lower sanctuary where we can say hello and greet and how's everybody doing. Uh, but we want to make sure that uh, we still have that component. We don't want to be a church where you just come and leave. We want to be able to meet you. So we're going to be in Dana Park. We have some uh, COVID-friendly snacks and just hang out. You know, some of you haven't seen each other for a long time. And so we want you to do that. Also, if you brought your offering, if you brought your offering, there's going to be a basket by each door. Uh, and you can just drop your offering in the basket and that way um, uh, your offering would be um, given to the appropriate people. Okay, if you can put out your hands, hopefully I can get my... In this church, we don't give a closing prayer. We give a closing uh, uh, blessing. And so I want to bless you right now based on the book of Numbers, chapter 6, verse 24 to 26. So if you wonder where did this come from, it comes from the Bible. Uh, may the Lord bless you and protect you. May he look after you, shield you, defend you, and take care of you. May the Lord make his face to shine, grin, and beam, and show his pleasure on you. May the Lord be gracious, kind-hearted, pleasant, and compassionate to you. No matter where you are, whether you're in this room or watching virtually, may the Lord show you his favor that will that will promote you, appreciate you, support you, side with you as you side with him. And finally, may the Lord give you his shalom, his peace, his rest, his harmony, his calmness, his composure, his prosperity, and his success. And may the Lord remove anything that causes agitation or discord with a divine purpose and destiny for your life. I bless you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And everybody say, I received that blessing. Have a great holiday today and tomorrow. Enjoy your weekend. And again, uh, they're going to dismiss you row by row. So as the individuals with the black t-shirts come to your row, please file out. And we'll see you in Dana Park, which is just about 100 feet away from where we are.